you are new here, you haven't been here, coming here very long, or you're brand new and this is your first time, uh, my name is Pastor Brian Leach. I am the children's and family pastor. So I don't get to make it down to this room very often. Uh, I usually watch it on a live feed that we have upstairs. If I have uh, some moments, I'll sit and listen, listen to our pastor. Our lead pastor is on vacation, and we have a group that is in Papua New Guinea right now. Uh, and I was there a few weeks ago, and um, it is a, it's a blessing. And it, I was thinking of them last night because they're 14 hours ahead of us. Around 6 o'clock, I thought, you know what? They're getting up now. Uh, it's 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. It's weird because... Uh, you're a day ahead of everybody back here. So I would call my wife in the morning and say, uh, um, good morning. And it's, at, it's the evening here. And she's like, okay, it's not morning, but whatever. So uh, that, was, that was really cool. But um, what I want to share t- today, I'm, I'm speaking today, if you haven't noticed. So if you want to exit now, you're welcome to. Um, actually, I don't get in this room very much, like I said, so, uh, and I don't get to come up and speak to uh, grown-ups. I'm usually up with the important people, but um, I'm going uh, to actually do something different today. I'm going to uh, do two different sermons. I'm doing one, not both in this hour, so you're safe. I'm going to do uh, one, and then second service we have kids, the elementary kids are coming in, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to do something totally different. So uh, let's see if our lead pastor can pull that off, two different sermons in one day. Um, anyway, it's good to be here. Uh, I love coming in here and kind of giving you a little bit of vision about uh, kids' ministry, and you'll hear more of that if you choose to stay second service. But today I want to share something um, that just has really impacted me the last three weeks, a month, I think it's been about a month that we've been back from Papua New Guinea, and um, I'm going to share a story, and then I'm going to share how uh, things have transpired in my life, and what I've seen, and what God's doing in me. So actually, the sermon that I'm preaching this morning is a sermon to myself, okay, and you guys just get to watch. Um, This is kind of what the Lord's been dealing with my heart, and I hope that it may be you can relate to some of it and that it might rub off a little bit and you think that's good. If not, I'm sorry. I'm not offering refunds, but that's the way it is. Um, when I was, uh, have you ever been in a place um, in your life that when God does something in your life, there's evidence of it all the way around? Everything you see, everywhere you turn, God confirms that. And what I'm about to share is something that I I knew already. You know, I grew up going to church. We lived seven houses down that way when I was a kid. This is my home church. And I grew up, my mom brought me to church. We walked to church. And we would go to this church every Sunday since I was little. I I asked the Lord in my heart in a Sunday school class down in the lower level. And I have known the Lord since I was little. And you know what? God continues... Now that I'm older, I have three grown children and uh, four grandchildren and one on the way. God continues to work and shape and mold me. He's not done with me. And I, and I just love that about the God we serve just continues to work in our lives. And what I'm going to share with you today is, is just a story about that. I'm going to tell you a story. I know a pastor um, shared a story 
three weeks ago, I believe, about when we first came back, and he was sharing your story about uh, Moses. And I, I do want to say this. I was going to say this uh, when we did the offering, but I want to tell you now, um, I don't know if you heard the results of this love offering we took for Moses to build his house. But you know what? I want to tell you right now that I'm thankful that I'm a part of a congregation who just want to stand up and do what is right. You guys gave over $3,000 to help uh, uh, Moses build a house. Now, that would mean $9,000 in Kena. So I just want to say I'm, I'm proud to stand alongside you and be a part of this church and this congregation. There's very few churches around that, that have the heart and the passion that you have about serving others. So let me tell you, I'm just so thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be the children's pastor here. Uh, I'm thankful for what God's doing. And, uh, and I'm just, uh, I'm grateful. And I, I want you to know that because uh, I don't get to talk to you much. But I want you to know that. I love what I do. And I love the kids and I love to teach. In next service when the kids are in here, I'll be a little more in my zone. Uh, but I want you to know that... Uh, I want, I want to thank you for allowing me to be one of your pastors and lead here because it's an honor to do so and you make it easy. Uh, so I, I want to say that right off. I wasn't planning to say all that, but how much time do I have? Let's see. All right, so the first sermon is this piece of paper here. Second sermon is this piece of paper. So I got one page. Sometimes that's bad because if I don't make many notes, I just ramble. So uh, we'll see. We'll be out of here in time. We have another service, right? So I, I have to be hit a certain time here. Well, I want to tell you a story about, Pastor mentioned um, a guy named Appa. He mentioned it, to, mentioned it to you three weeks ago just vaguely, but uh, he talked more about Moses, Elijah, Paul, and uh, um, uh, what was the other guy? Mark, I think. And uh, he told you that story, and that's really cool. But Appa is, uh, this is a story that uh, pastors shared when they went a few years ago about Appa. Well, Appa told his story again, and I was able to see it for the first time and listen to it for the first time. As a matter of fact, I recorded his, uh, his testimony on my phone, and I played it back this week to listen to, to just confirm what God wanted to say this morning. And um, I, I'm going to just kind of briefly cover his story. He told his story, and it was about 30 minutes long. But I'm going to just hit the highlights uh, and, and let you know how that made an impact on me and what, uh, what it's doing in my life. Appa is, uh, uh, grew up in a Catholic church, and uh, as he grew up, he decided that he made some bad choices from the very beginning. He, he decided that uh, because his parents were struggling with money to send him to school, that he wouldn't go to school. So he, he wasn't educated. He didn't go to school at all. And um, he, uh, he grew up, and when he didn't go to school, he obviously he kind of th- was going down his path and decided hanging out the wrong crowd, and he, um, he started making some bad choices. Uh, choices, this is Appa here, and this is a... Uh, this was when we went up to his place, and the thing that that boy is carrying, this was a boy that was alongside the road carrying it, and we thought, what is that? And he said, stop, stop. So we got a picture of him. But this is, um, uh, I don't know what they're called, but they're red seeds, and you, I guess you fry them, and they're like a snack. So I don't know what they taste like. I didn't do it, but 
You see them carrying it on their back, kids carrying them around. But uh, this is Appa. Now, Appa, when he, uh, he grew up, he, uh, like I said, didn't go to school. He got in draw, involved in um, drugs and uh, alcohol and stealing. And he, he called himself, uh, he has kind of broken English, so uh, he used the word rascal a lot. He was a rascal. And uh, he did some things, and his uncle came to him one time and says, listen, Appa, you need to cut it out because you're getting in trouble with the law. They're going to come and take you and put you in jail. And he says, yeah, I know. But he didn't stop. He continued to do things that he knew was wrong. He was brought up to know that uh, right from wrong, and he chose to do things that were wrong, and he was going down the path. Well, he, he, started, he got married and he started to realize that maybe this is not the life for him. So he tried a few times. He says, you know what? I think I'm going to move to a different place where his family was is where he grew up. But he knew he was hanging around some bad friends. So he moved to a different, um, different area. Well, he had a, two children. He had an older son and he had a two-year-old. His two-year-old um, got real sick. He had the flu. So they had, he had to take him to the doctor, and he went, took him to the doctor, and they cared for him, and then he stopped into his old village where he used to live, and his son wanted to go home, but a storm was coming, and his son says, Dad, I want to go see Mama, and his, uh, so he said, no, we're going to stay the night here because the storm's coming, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's, it's going to be bad, and he says, no, Pop." No, Poppy, I want to go see Mom. And he cried. And, and so Appa kind of gave in and says, all right, maybe it'll be okay. So Appa started to go back to his home. And um, as he's going, the rain started coming and getting really bad. And the rain got so bad that it was washing out the road. And Appa um, was carrying his son on his shoulders and he was walking on the road, and he was trying to figure out where the road was as he stepped. And a mudslide took out part of the road, and he stepped off the mudslide that he could not see, and the road washed out, and he fell 65 feet down a jagged rocks and really cut him up. He, got, he was underwater, and he says that he lost sense of pretty much everything. He was out of his mind is what he said, and he couldn't grasp. And he remembered praying. I, I forgot to mention this. When he was started to travel, he says, I prayed. I prayed, really prayed. Now, this is a man who did bad things. He's starting to seek. The Holy Spirit's working in his life. I want us to catch that. And he, he prayed. He says, Lord, give, keep us safe. So he goes, and he goes, and this happens. It drops down. He finally regains. As he's in the water, he says he hears voices saying, Appa, go to church. Appa, trust in God. And it was at that point that Appa made a, not maybe a decision at that point, but it was a turning point for Appa. He come out of the water and he's searching for his son. He can't find. He notices his son's not on his back. He's searching for his son. He can't find him anywhere. So he's weak, obviously. He's out of breath. He has no energy. He's all cut up. And he finds a place where he can be safe. And before he 
as he was getting close to his village, he said he whistled to warn his family that he was coming. And I guess he has a loud whistle because he was really close, but uh, I'm trying to understand some of this story. So he, he warns his family, well, um, Appa um, couldn't find his son. And he was very fearful. He was lost. He was crying out. And his older son came and said, Dad, I have a light. And he's up on the hill. And he was afraid to tell his older brother that he lost his brother. So he told his, he he was afraid to tell his son, older son, that he lost his younger brother. So he yelled up to his son. He says, stay there. Don't come down here. And Appa, this was on a Sunday. And Appa searched and searched and couldn't find his son. The rains came from Sunday all the way through Wednesday. When it was Wednesday, they were all searching for Appa's son. And uh, he, he realized that there's probably very little chance that his son is still alive. So he cried out to the Lord. And he said, Lord, just let me have my son's body so I can do a proper burial. And he said, when he prayed that prayer, the rains stopped, or no, there was a big mudslide. And as soon as the mudslide happened, it caused the waters to drop and the rain stopped for about five to 10 minutes, he said. And there were some kids that were fishing and they saw Appa's son floating in the water. And so he, they went and retrieved his body so that he could give uh, his son a proper burial. So Appa lost his son. Well, that wasn't the end of Appa's story. After he lost his son, his wife left him. Now, he didn't say why. Um, I'm assuming she maybe held him responsible for her son's death. I don't know. But her... her his wife left him, went and married another man. He had nothing, so he had his older son that he was trying to care for. And he, uh, he got a job and, as a security guard, and his ex-wife reported that she didn't want him working there, and she got him fired. So this guy, a lot of bad things are happening. So he finally gets a job in uh, the next week, I think. It was that weekend. He started a job on Monday. But because he moved away from the village, Appa owned land in his old area where his family lived. And Appa said his brothers were jealous of his land. Now, I found out later that his brothers was his cousin. His cousins, they called cousins brothers there. And he, it, um, it's, they took his, or they were jealous of his land, and because they were jealous of his land and they wanted it, they killed Appa's mother. So Appa lost his son in this tragedy, and his wife left him, and now his cousins killed his mother. So I thought, you know what, that's more tragedy than anybody should face in their life. But in this whole testimony, he talks about how the Lord gave him a love 
Now, let me stop here and tell you, and Pastor kind of uh, alluded to it three weeks ago, and if you weren't here, let me kind of give you a little uh, insight on the Papua New Guinea culture. Uh, this is good and bad, and Pastor mentioned the, that you have to compensate, or uh, uh, comp, what's the word? Compensate. You have to compensate for a loss or anything that you've taken. But I want to say the same is true on the good side. Their, their culture is it's payback. So it, whether it's good or bad, it's payback. Um, the payback is uh, if you come and help. I know there was many times that we went and we worked and we gave, uh, Pastor bought the uh, flower balls little uh, treats and then a pop, and he gave it to the nationals that were working with us. Well, their culture is, I have to give you something in return. I can't accept this without me giving you something. So they would come the next morning bringing fresh pineapples, which I was okay with because they were very good. And they, they would bring pineapples, and, and they, had to pay, they had to give us something because we gave them something. See, that's their whole culture. And if you do something bad to me, guess what? You have to pay. And in this case, um, they were thinking that Appa... The cousins are thinking, all right, this is the culture. Appa's going to come back, and he's going to kill us for killing our mother. An eye for an eye. That's, what, that's their culture. That's what they know. Well, God did an amazing thing in Appa's life. And I think about this. This is where the Lord kind of just reminded me of what God does when we accept him as our savior and what he puts in us. Now, after Papa did his testimony, uh, he was going to take a group of guys and we only had one um, Land Rover, which was 10 people out of the 18 that were there, that we had there, 10 people to go up to Papa's preaching point where he preached. By the way, he was called to be a pastor and he, the Lord helped him through school. Remember, he had no education. And he talks about how he was the dumbest person in the class and everybody was ahead of him, but God helped him through it. And now he preaches. And I heard, I heard and I think it's true, uh, the first Sunday that this, the trip that's in Papua New Guinea now, which was last Sunday, they went to Appa's preaching point on a Sunday to, to, to view his service or be there part of his service, which is awesome. Uh, but they went up to Appa's preaching point, and then uh, I wanted to go, but I thought, you know, I'm going to let other people go that want to go. It's not a big deal. I went to with one that we took when we went up to John's house. So I says, you know, I'll let other people go. But as I stood around and watched, there was like, all right, who else? And so I, I actually got to go. I went up with them. And this is where, this is probably the most, the, the, the best part for me. This was the part that I liked, that, that impacted me the most in my trip to Papua New Guinea. I went up to the place where he, he preached and I looked at it. And then we got there and he said, uh, or I think Mark, Pastor Mark was there and he said to him, he says, where's, the, uh, where's your preaching? Where do you live? And he says, well, I live about another 20 minutes via the Ran Rover, or Land Rover. He said, well, could we go there? Would that be okay? And he said, sure. So we went to Appa's house. 
And as I'm walking with Appa and I got to know him, I, I, I talked to him more about this whole thing, about the cousins killing your mother. Because I got to admit to you, I thought, you know, if my cousins killed my mom, I don't know if I'd be so easy to forgive. But Papa, or Appa, um, when I'm there, I'm standing next to him, I'm talking to him, and that's when he told me, I said, so it's your brothers that killed your mom? He says, well, it's my cousins. So and then I realized, okay, cousins are brothers, I get it. But I said, you know, so they killed their aunt. And I just couldn't wrap my head around that. And he, I said, so where are they now? Do they live here? He says, no, every time they see me coming, they run because they think I'm going to hurt them. And I said, well, what do you do when you see them? He says, if I could, do, if I, if I could see them, I would do this. And Appa put his arms around me, and he put his head against my heart. And he said, brothers, I forgive you. You need to know Jesus. He changed me. And I'll tell you what. God, God did something in me. He reminded me of something. That God's love replaces all hate and anger. And Appa was changed. And it was believable. So here's what the Lord's doing in my life. He gave, it, he gave me this scripture. And we're going to put it up on the screen here. It's found in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the result are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, um, dissension, Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, other sins like these, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, this is Paul talking to the church in the Galatians, uh, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I, I, I look at this scripture, and, and the Lord gave me this scripture this morning because I want to make something that, that the Lord's dealing with me and kind of reminding me. This is a scripture that I know and learned as a kid that uh, um, we have a sinful nature. And a lot of these things that are listed here were things that Appa said that he experienced in his life. And through this sinful nature... He did things that were not, he was led by the sinful nature within him. So I, I, I look at this and I think, all right, this, is, this, is, this makes sense. This is how Appa grew up and this was, his, that's, this was his life because he followed. He didn't have the Lord, the Holy Spirit helping him. Now, a lot of this, there's one thing that I want to say, I want to just kind of say here as a children's pastor because I see it in kids and in, in teenagers and, and even in adults and I'll give you a good example it's, it's peer, peer pressure uh, peer pressure is, is really at a, at a very high level 
because everything around us, even advertising, everything tells us how we're supposed to be, and and we're hard on ourselves. And we hear, did you know that we hear the word? A child hears the word no, uh, one hundred and fifty thousand times, but hears the word yes only fifty thousand times. So in our mind, we automatically face defeat and. This is Satan's plan to get us to follow our sinful nature. And peer pressure is one. And, and I, I'll, I'll tell you just a funny story. A couple of days ago, I went to Kings Island. with uh, We did, I took 18, uh, 18 people, went to Kings Island. And uh, I have a fear of heights a little bit. Uh, I can kind of overcome it. I've come a long way. But um, the, the, there's a, this ride here called Drop Tower. It goes really high in the air. Oh, wait, no, not Drop Tower. Well, Drop Tower is one of them. I, I've ridden it once just to say I've ridden it, but I don't ride it again because it freaks me out. i got to close my eyes. Well, there's another one right next to it. It's called Delirium. Now, uh, Delirium I've ridden once up till that day or a couple days ago, and uh, it's also one that really met, it, I don't know why anybody likes it. It like, goes really high in the air, and uh, it freaks me out, okay? So... Uh, I'm there, and there's, in my group, I have uh, um, 10 kids, or, well, not 10 kids, a couple adults and eight kids, and uh, they want to get on this ride, and I said, uh, and two of them said they'll, they don't want to ride it, so I was like, oh, cool, adult has to sit out with them, right? So I'm thinking, all right, I'll be the one to sit out with them, and uh, so uh, Danny Cancino's with me, he's one of the other leaders there, and he, so I said, all right, I'll sit out with him, and he knows I have an issue with heights. Well, um, the two kids were peer pressured kind of to, I think I'll get on it. Well, you know what that means when all the kids are on it. I can't be the only one and a grown adult that sits out, so I was like, all right, I'm riding this ride, I guess. So I get on the ride and ride it, and I have my eyes closed most of the time. Uh, I, I got through it. It wasn't a big deal other than scared me to death. I think your heart goes up into your throat. I think that's what happens. At least that's what it feels like. But anyway, peer pressure is real. And, and I think if it can happen to a 52-year-old man, it can happen to kids. I see it all the time, how kids are pressured in. So... Uh, that Satan works through that. And let me tell you that, and I know we're adults in here, but Satan works through that in you. I don't know if you see it around you, but Satan works through peer pressure to get you to do the evil desires of your heart. So let's, let's read the next part of the scripture because I want to point out something that the Lord really has dealing with me in this, and that's uh, starting in verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces... This kind of fruit in our lives, and we know this is the fruits of the Spirit, and the kids know this. We sing a song about it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no other law. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions has nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. This is what happened to Appa. This, was, this is what happened to me. 
But a lot of times when we read this scripture and we read the first part and then we read the second part, we see the sinful desires and the, the power of the Holy Spirit and we think one is right and one is wrong. And that's true, but you choose one or right or wrong. But it's not as much that. We have to understand and be reminded that it's God's Spirit that works in us because if you try to live a Christian life on your own, guess what? you're going to fail. It's the power of the Holy Spirit because it says, if we go back, go back, Karen, go back to the verse 20, starting at verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this in your life. It's not something that comes natural because sinful nature comes natural. We're born with sinful nature. But this is not something that you have to choose right or wrong. It's something that the Holy Spirit replaces. I think of Appa and how much of a rascal he was. And, and, and I, sure, when Appa heard that his cousins had killed his mother, he said that he struggled with that because he wanted to kill him. But he heard God's voice that say, Alpha, don't, don't harm your cousins. Think about that. Put yourself in Alpha's shoes. That's tough to swallow. You see, God doesn't, God doesn't leave you on your own to say, oh, yeah, do what you want to do. God replaces the sinful nature with his love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Which I really don't like that word. I call it God control because I can do nothing by myself. You see, when I look at Appa's story and I hear him tell it and then when I witness him come up to me and tell me what he would do if he was there with his cousins it reminds me that's real it's real in me what do I do to make sure that I'm sharing the love of Christ. Appa has a testimony. Man, you see him with the, his community. He stops and talks to them, and he just loves on them. It's, he builds relationship with his community. He's, he's doing a great job, and he can't do that on it by himself. He does it because he knows the power of the Holy Spirit that's living in him. He's a new creation. God is helping him. And when I look at his story and I look at what God's done in his life, it reminds me that I had the same story. I didn't go through the stuff that he went through, and I thank the Lord for that. I'm a blessed man. But God still changed me. He converted me. He made me new. And he put within me the fruit of the Spirit to replace 
all of the lustful and sinful desires of my heart. It's not by my power that I can do good. Well, as I, as I watch this and as we go through um, the weeks after I come back from Papua New Guinea, it's funny that the Lord confirms it. And I look at other people and I say, you know what? I'm blessed to have people around me. And I see evidence of people around me. And, and I, I won't give any examples. Many of them are in the church here. But I want to I say that I'm, I'm blessed that God has the people that God puts around me. And I see them and I think, you know what? They're a good example of God's building relationship. And I think about myself and I think about all the ways of communicating. And one is social media. Have I, have I posted some things on social media that probably I'm not proud of over the years? Yes. But what am I doing when I know that God is inside of me? Do people that read my posts on Facebook or Instagram, do they know that I'm different that I'm living in the power of the Holy Spirit? Am I a good example of Christ in everything that I post and everything that I do in my actions? See, this is where the Lord's working on me. This is where I'm preaching to myself because I have to do a check and say, Lord, you've given me, you've replaced in this, in me, all of the things that you want for me. I no longer have to lean on my, my sinful desires because you replaced them with these things. So I have, to, I have to say this morning that God's really working in me to help me understand and know that he is in me. He flows through me. And it's only by his power that I can achieve anything. And I hope that's the case for you. I hope that maybe some of this that the Lord's dealing with me and the story of Appa, maybe you can resonate in it into your life. Maybe you can say, you know what, you're right. I'm not... I'm not showing that Christ lives in me. If a stranger saw me, I don't know that they would even know that I'm a Christian. Or maybe people that know you're a Christian and say, huh, I've turned them off against being a follower of Jesus. See, I don't want that to be the case for me. I want people to know that I serve a risen Savior that loves me and wants the best for me and gives me a new outlook on life that I would have never dreamed could ever be possible. So I hope, I hope that's the case for you. I'm checking our time. I think we're doing good. Um, we're going to we're going to take communion right now. And as our servers come, I want this to be a time of reflection. Reflection on where you're at. 
Think about your testimony through your life. What are you doing to show people that the Holy Spirit lives in you and has given you the power to make a change in those that are around you? See, God puts people in your path. I don't know if you know that or not. God puts people in your path every day. And he wants you to share the love of Christ. So as we come and as we prepare to take the elements of communion, the altars are open too for you to maybe just say a prayer and say, Lord, help me. I'm going to lean on your Holy Spirit to help me. Our altars and our tables are open.